our culture, our art, our music, newspapers, books, posters, our clothing, our homes, the way we walk and talk, the way our hair grows, the way we smoke dope and fucking eat and sleep is all one message, and the message is freedom. We are free mother country maniacs in charge of our own lives, and we are taking this freedom to the peoples of America, in the streets, in the ballrooms and teen clubs, in the front rooms watching TV, in their bedrooms playing with themselves or smoking secret dope. Be free, goddammit. Welcome to another season of Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is I.K. Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped you get off. So here we go. This is the second season of the podcast. I wanted to really quickly jump on and introduce it uh, personally uh, for, for various different reasons. One, I just wanted to really quickly thank everybody who has uh, supported the podcast, who's listened to the podcast, who's written messages or emails or uh, contacted me on social media regarding how the podcast has touched them or affected them in positive ways. And I absolutely appreciate that because um, it's, you know, it's one thing to jump in front of a camera and a microphone and talk to really hot guys about sex. And it's another thing to know that people are out there listening. So I absolutely appreciate it. I'll keep doing it as long as I can. One of the reasons why it took so long was because I really didn't want to uh, do Skype meetings or Skype calls or Zoom calls, whichever. I wanted it to be face-to-face. And um, somewhere around July, I, I got to thinking, you know, this pandemic it's it's probably going to be around for a minute and everything's not going to go back to normal immediately as everybody thought and as I thought. And what a wasted amount of time, I think. I, I could have been doing uh, so many more podcasts. Um, but, you know, uh, I made my decision. I'm a little stubborn sometimes and uh, I'm just glad to be back. I'm just glad to be talking to models and um, uh people who are interested in talking about kinks and fetishes. And, and that's another thing I want to talk to you about is we're going to go everywhere this season. We're going to go everywhere every other season as well. Anybody who wants to talk about what they're into, what they've done, you know, what gets them off. That's, that's very interesting to me. It's also very interesting to other people. And I really do believe that we are creating a space where people can either find out uh, that there are other people out there who might be interested in the same things that they are interested in or where just people have a place to talk and not have to worry about judgment or anything. And I interviewed Atlas Grant and I'm going to quote him when I say, you know, the podcast is not here to yuck anybody's yum. With all that being said, the first interview for the season is Hunger FF. Uh, I've worked with him. I know him as Ryan. He's a great guy. And, um, we met in the city while he was here and I had an unfortunate bout of forgetfulness and I forgot my SD cards and we tried to make the first interview happen. And unfortunately the audio was not as clear as I'd want it to be. So um, we had to redo it again 
via Zoom and the audio is much better. Uh, I am going to put up the first interview on YouTube just because I feel like we did touch on a lot of things that um, we didn't recreate in our Zoom uh, chat. So um, it is going to be up on YouTube. So if you guys want to check it out, you can check it out. I'm putting up the new one as well um, on Buzzsprout, which is my host for podcasting. It'll be available on all podcast directories, as you guys know. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I hope you enjoy. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please, by all means, uh, you know where to find me. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to click the subscribe button, the notification bell and like, 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 like. I appreciate that because uh, it gets it out there more and uh, we reach more people. So enjoy. This is uh, my guest, Hunker FF. He is a uh, content producer who specializes in extreme fisting, uh, porn model, uh, porn producer, porn, uh, everything at this point, right? Because you're, you're a little one-stop shop production company at this point. I'm the producer, the caster, the editor, yeah, and I um I, I didn't I did work with you at Dark Alley Rafa Club. Full disclosure, you know how they say. It. It's not bad. It's fun. I learned a lot from you. Well, thank you. I know we we had that one shoot, and I remember it was like a really quick like, okay, this is what you need to do. Boom, boom, boom. So uh, yeah, it was the gangbang proposal. Yeah, that was yeah, our right. first shoot together. <laughs> the RFC gangbang proposal for Mason Lear and Brian Bonds. Uh, which was in the room and I just felt like I was like constantly like, <laughs> yeah, I think one of the, one, one of the directions I, I gave you was listen, wherever I am, get something else, <laughs> you know, cause that way it'll be covered. So it worked out. It worked out well. What I wanted to go over was, um, a little bit about your life during, uh, the pandemic, uh, and producing during the pandemic. How has everything been? Um, it's been tricky because there's, um, especially in the beginning, um, there was a lot of um, people being very cautious about, you know, I, you know, about cautious about filming in general, but then also about the perception of filming during the pandemic on social media. Like if you were, if you film in those first few weeks, if, if you were caught filming like anything or like not social distancing, you were like tarred and feathered in like a Twitter town hall, <laughs> Twitter town square. Oh yeah. So it's like yeah. been like, you know, you were, there was, they were canceling everybody right and left. And it was like, so, um, it was tricky to navigate in the beginning. Um, and now it's just like, you know, I'm, I have to work and I have to, I have to, you know, I can't just stop producing content and, um, so I've got it, you know, there's, there's risks involved, but we're all, you know, I've been tested three times and I try to be yeah. people I work with. And- yeah. And it's, it's loosened up a little bit, like here in New York where, um, we're able to shoot. Um, and I think it's 25% capacity. And a lot of times, you know, when you're shooting, it's just you and someone else in a room, the camera, uh, if anything else, another camera person. So it's not like you have a lot of people on, on I set. Went to, I went to San Francisco to film recently and, um, there was, I, I, I was about to book this hotel that then I couldn't have anybody that wasn't on the reservation come into the room because oh. they had, they had to go um, through the front desk to get in. So I was trying to get people to come in either to trick or to, or to film and I couldn't get anybody in the fucking front door. So like, it's like, I was, yeah. I was totally screwed. I had to film other places, but yeah, it was, uh, 
that that's one of the things that's that sucks about shooting in, in hotels i've had the same issue happen where uh there's definitely somebody watching so they either think you're a huge whore or you know <laughs> like you're constantly no, walking it's fair so <laughs> <laughs> you're constantly walking in and out with a whole bunch of men it was funny there was one point um i was filming somebody in san francisco and like i had to add them to like basically they were trying to come in the front door and i had to add them to the reservation to allow them through and all i knew was their plane then like i didn't know and so like the guys like on the phone at the front desk like well what's the spelling the exact spelling of your husband's name and i'm like uh, oh i can't hear you hold on one second like, and, I hung up. and i texted the guy i'm like i need you to tell me the exact spelling of your real name immediately like and so it was it was so funny it was like yeah, it was a trip. So we're just going to retouch on a couple of things. But um, for, for listeners out there, uh, when you say uh, fisting, when someone says fisting, what what's the best definition that you can give somebody who doesn't know what fisting is? Um, if you don't know what fisting is, um, I would say it's basically just the... It's, I'm going to go like Wikipedia or, you know, like a, a big definition of it. It's be like the insertion of a hand... <laughs> into somebody's butthole or badge so um that would probably be the closest uh just like accurate description of it and that would just be like this part of your hands so now what you do is extreme fisting what well, i do okay. is more like arming so, yeah. so 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 give me a uh give me a description of what extreme fisting is so like anatomically or genetically for some reason my insides have allowed me to basically just take an entire arm in my butt and so um <laughs> so funny to describe and like try to be like serious about it because it's so so it's it, when you think about it you're putting your arm inside of somebody's body yeah so um you know it's it, extreme fisting to me would be like punch fucking or like arm fucking it's, is what i like to call it and um you know it's just kind of it's most guys if they can take a fist they can take a fist like up to the wrist and that's kind of the farthest that they go and then there's yeah. people like me who take it a step or an entire staircase further than than, than that uh and 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 go to, go much more deeper much more wider two hands three hands i've seen somebody take four hands in their butt before one time so um my record is 3.5 so well i i i know i mentioned this already at, um in our last interview but I do consider what you do as art. It's, it's on a different level only. And I, and I look at it that way uh, because I don't, I can't necessarily watch it and jerk off to it, but I can say, fuck, like, you know, like that's, that's incredible. Like, you know, for you to be able to do that, where, um, where did that come from? Like where, where did fisting like start fitting into your life? So, I remember when I was a kid and I had dial-up, dial-up internet. I think uh, was either it was right when like DSL came out or dial-up internet or whatever, and like I was on AOL, and I had somehow like stumbled across fistingcentral.com, um, and I discovered Matthew Paris, who I considered to be like the king of fisting, and um, and I saw this video of him getting fisted, and I was just like, something. It's like that was like a formative moment in my sexual identity like that was like i saw it and i was immediately like oh my god i want to try that and so and i was like maybe like 15 or 16 or something like that like i was really like 
I was younger. And so, um, but I was immediately drawn to it. And then, um, you know, and so speaking of Matthew Paris, it's like kind of like he's somebody who I put on such a pedestal and like just recently, like within the last year or so, like I got a tweet from Matthew Paris, which made me go total fangirl uh, on it. Uh, I was just like, oh my God, like, you know, that exists, you know, they like, you know, it was kind of, it was cool. But um, so that was like my first exposure to fisting. And then my first attempt at fisting um, was when I came out of the closet and I got manhunt. Uh, and I saw that they had a fisting option on there. And I was okay. like, oh, fuck. Yes. Like, <laughs> I want to look for that. And so I looked for fist- guys that were into fisting in my local area. And I found this like dungeon hat daddy guy. Um, and I went over to his place and, and I remember getting it on the first try. I remember, like, really? It takes like forever to get them to yeah. do it. And I was just like, I want to get fisted. Have you ever been fisted before? No. We'll come over and we'll start some training. And then bloop. <laughs> so, like, that's why I say, I'm like, I was kind of designed for it. I think in some way. Yeah. I feel like you, you may have wanted it that bad that you just like, you yeah. let it happen. I think that that's like 99, like, when people like talk about like oh like I want to try fisting I'm like well do you want to be fisted like do you really want that like it has to be something that you really want to yeah. allow it to happen and allow your body to relax enough to let it happen um, if you have like you know you're trepidatious or whatever about it then then it might not it might take a lot longer you know one thing that I learned in the last interview that we did was um, and I was happy to learn that uh, 20 Fist Weekend and uh, a couple of the fisting movies that we did for Dark Alley were uh, part of your, uh, like what you would go to, your go-to for jerking off. Yeah, I mean, Matthias Stonefistenberg's 20 Fist Weekend, um, you know, had been up until the point that I met her. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. it, was my, it was my favorite fisting video ever. I remember just thinking, um, like, God, this guy is like, insane like i mean like i want to be like matt was like always like an idol of mine it was like yeah. matthew paris matthew Montfisenberg, um mark everett um scott or excuse me sean harris um those were like the kings to me and so like i and and i've i've nabbed two of them so, so like, <laughs> you got to work with matthias too right you you worked actually like fisting wise um so me and him filmed uh some fan content we did one video at his place um when he was down in south florida um and it was just like i i was just i was i was so excited i I put i was so excited about it i always like i don't know if this is like this is probably like narcissistic but like i always put like whenever i uh you know i I put a video together for i always stamp the names of the you know hunger ff and so and so uh little watermark that i run across the bottom and for that one i was like no, he gets top billing. I'm like, Matthew Matthews from Vissenberg and Hunger FF. So I was like, because I was just so fangirling over the fact that I finally got a chance to work with him. So yeah, yeah. Did he ever say to you, wow, like, you know, fuck, like, <laughs> what you can do? Um, Maybe he didn't do it, you know, in front of you, but <laughs> I kind of feel yeah. like, you know, he's like, I mean, like, I, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I he's a... Uh, you know, he, when I think of Matt, I think of like old kind of like old school, old guard fisting where it's like, mm-hmm. so and like his method of fisting is much different than mine. And like, 
my techniques and my style is like completely different from his. He's like Mariah Carey and you're like Ariana Grande. Exactly. Ariana <laughs> <laughs> Grande with my ponytail. Um, um, so yeah, so he's, he's like, he and I, whenever we, we butted heads a couple times about like my, like even like my style of filming is completely different. <laughs> like i like static angles and i like yeah. um, and he likes you know a lot of he likes what you guys do and yeah. so um you know it's just like we we were we're two generations of, we're a generation apart as far as our yeah. concerned. yeah whenever i would go visit him in brazil and i went twice uh, i got to live with him so i got to like like you know be there in the whole thing and he was always or he is always and he still is larger than life and I remember once, I'm not sure if I told you this, but I called him the Liza Minnelli of fisting porn because, just, you know, like, it's just all over the place. You know, like, wow, you know, <laughs> just, and that's so hot. Like, do you, I don't know if you edited Pigs Don't Stop. Yes, I did. Okay. That's another yeah. one that's like, I, that was like one of my favorite videos, Pigs Don't Stop. And um, what's the other one? Sex Crimes. Sex. Yeah. Well, Sex Crimes is on a different level. That's the one. I, I think, and that that name actually came from uh, me talking to Matt. And he's like, well, did you look at the footage? And I was like, yeah, I tried. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, it's a little too much for me. I was like, you know, between projectile shit flying out of Ashley Ryder's ass and just, <laughs> you know, a whole bunch of, uh, it, you know, pain. What it looked like was pain because, uh, as I mentioned in our last interview, I wasn't in the room. So a lot of times, if you're not in the room... And you don't know, like I can watch your stuff and I'm like, he knows what he's doing, you know, but it sometimes you can, you can see where someone's like, okay, well they probably need a break. Uh, and it, that's what it looked like in sex, in sex crimes. Hence the name sex crimes. Yeah. That's what I try to do different in my videos is like, I, I feel that if this thing doesn't feel good, then you're doing it wrong. Like yeah. if there's pain involved, you're doing it wrong and like yeah. it should stop. And so, and if somebody's uncomfortable, it needs to stop. And so, um, generally, like my videos are like I keep in like all the banter and like the conversation. Like, are you, do you need a break? Like, you know, that type of thing. And then if you need a break, then it does a different transition into like a, you know into a different into a different um, you know. You, it's clear that a break was taken. And yeah. then because um, I think it's important to show people that like their fisting experiences are authentic and versus like what they're seeing on um, say, you know, a, 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 a polished um, like particular in particular club Inferno where there's like no warm up to the fisting. It's just immediately the bottom fade in, <laughs> fade in and like all of a sudden they're like, you know, and so I feel like it's important to show people that like there is warm up involved and there is like post play cleanup and there's setup and there's, you know, and that shit is important to, to, to validate their sex life as a, as a viewer. Cause a lot of people come to me and they feel like, they're like, I'm so, I'm into like, I'm nothing like you. I can't take what you take. I'm in, you know, and I'm just like, listen, I'm like, it, like there's, everybody's at a different level and everybody's okay. <laughs> like wherever yeah. you're at, you're okay. So um, I try to just, that's like one of the things I try to convey with the videos that I make versus like the, a movie like sex crimes where it's like, uh, glorifying some of the insanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was but that being was said, that, I do love that movie. Well, thanks. You know, uh, I know that I, I, I wasn't there for it. I didn't shoot it. I, I didn't perform in it. However, uh, you know, as a content creator, you know, editing is a really, really big part of, um, putting the project together. So, you know, you're the last size to look at it. And, uh, it was, it was fucking nuts. <laughs> it 
So yeah, um, one thing I wanted to ask you too, or touch upon again, was R.J. Danvers. Tell me a little bit about R.J. Danvers and who he, who he was. R.J. was a one once a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> uh, so I had gotten um, R.J. Danvers was my first run at porn um, when I was 18 years old. I just come out of the closet. I just graduated high school, and I went. Um, I had gotten on Manhunt, and one of the first guys that I had messed around with um, was this porn star named Tim Towers, who was working for Shishi and Mustang and um, like a lot of those videos, a lot of those companies. And I met him, and he was like really like an influence in my life, like because I was just like, wow, like, this guy's like, he's beautiful, he's gorgeous, he has a great car, great house, like he's got like, he's a porn star, like he's hot, like I, I'm like, I want to. I want to be like him. And so like I decided I wanted to pursue porn. And so I got an agent down in Fort Lauderdale and um, I got cast in one Falcon movie immediately. And then after that, I went to Raging Stallion and I got a contract with them, um, like a three-year contract with them. So I, most of my, a lot of my coming out experiences are my first like sexual experiences were on camera for Raging Stallion. And like, So it's like I really kind of grew up in front of um the I think that's partially why I can I can I connected with an audience a decade ago was because I was just kind of coming yeah. to terms of everything in front of them basically. And it was pretty evident, I think, back then that I was kind of learning as I went. So and then RJ took a break. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask. So basically at the end of my time, like I was at the very end of my third year of my contract with Raging Stallion and I, my drug use had just gotten completely out of control and I needed to take a break. And so like, I was like, I went and decided I was going into retirement at, at 20 years old. So, like, <laughs> so I went into retirement from porn and I said I was never going to do it again. And um, not that I like blamed my issues on porn, but they definitely like exacerbated one another at that point. And so, um, you know, now, uh, you know, that, you know, years later, like, and the rise of fan content and OnlyFans and Just for Fans and stuff like that, I saw a way for me to do what I wanted to do, which was just be an exhibitionist <laughs> and go off show off and so and and possibly make some money doing it and that's what i decided to do <laughs> so one thing i wanted to talk about too or touch up again uh on was your howard stern interview you you've been on the howard stern show uh twice how did that how did that come about how did that um come into fruition okay so howard stern that that was really that was a huge surprise for me um so i was going to this fest which i do uh, you know, pre-COVID, it was every year, three times a year. And so um, I was there. It was, I think it was spring fling or October fist. But like, it was uh, one of the two. And I get there and they're like, Howard Stern shows here. Howard Stern shows here. And they're doing interviews. And, and, and everybody's telling them that they need to talk to you. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, like, I'll talk to them. So um, it was Wolfie from the Howard Stern show, who's like his correspondent, who does like the field interviews or whatever. And so he came and he introduced himself to me and we were talking and did an interview with me. Um, and they like want to sensationalize it. And so like, they asked me like the most like horrific questions that they can uh, <laughs> to paint the narrative about this thing, which I don't necessarily think is hundred percent accurate. Yeah, yeah. But, then they, but then they went um, as far as asking to film the audio of me getting fisted. 
So they came into a, um, um, what's his name? Um, Wolfie came into the room uh, where I was getting fisted and held a microphone to my butthole. So <laughs> to get the sound. And then my a buddy of mine was uh, narrating it as it was happening. And so, and then at one point he goes like, don't, don't fuck up that pussy. I want in there later. <laughs> and we just turned that into like, like Robin and Howard and all of them like latched onto that. And they're like, Oh wow. They don't want him to fuck up that pussy. It is like, so like, it was crazy, but they, and then they really, they really fixated on my, um, uh, my rosebud slash prolapse slash whatever um, alien baby that you want to call it. So, you're so they, you're a prime bouquet. You're <laughs> like, they really fixated on that, and they um they they went um I don't know they they used me as sound effects on the show for like weeks. Like, they were using me as sound effects. It was funny and it was cool. Um, and then during quarantine, they did a segment called Fisters in Quarantine, and they called me back for that, and they had me on a second time. And they said they'd have me on again. So um, it's, that was a that was a huge, huge, huge thing for me because it was just like it was exposure, it was hu- exposure yeah. to yeah. fishing and to um, Hunger FF to like a, a global audience versus just like, yeah, yeah. You must have gotten a good amount of likes and follows and a whole bunch of stuff after that. It was pretty cool, and it was fun to read. I joined like a couple Howard Stern like message boards after that yeah. and, like, to read like. The, I, I, I kind of get off on like the horrified comments like I, I like when they're like oh my god this guy's disgusting I'm like yeah oh did, so, did you say some people went on and were like oh I can never unsee that or unhear that or they like unfollowed Howard Stern like they like canceled their subscriptions so, <laughs> well you did something right it's so horrifying for some of you I get it but I mean like at the same time it was like it was it was fun it was fun Sean Harding in the summer of 2020 um, put out a tweet regarding Lady G, which now we know is uh, Lindsey Graham, and basically talking about um, uh, escorts that have um, that he has used their services of. Uh, but then you also um, you also got in the mix uh, because you d- replied right. Yep. I was at like a Walmart and like, I was just like, kind of like, I was like walking through Walmart and I'm scrolling through Twitter and like, I come across this tweet from, um, Sean and I'm like, Oh, I'm like, girl, I'm like, we all know people that have been hired by him. And like, and I just like put my phone down and like kept, kept, kept scrolling through Walmart. <laughs> and then like, when I go home and I look at my phone and my phone is just like 500 notifications and I'm like, what the fuck? And so I look and it was like, Oh my god, the Howard Stern guy knew about Lindsey Graham, and like, and like that one reply to to Sean's tweet went viral with his tweet, and so like all of the the articles and stuff that were written about it, um, they included my tweet with it, and it was just like, it was funny, like you know, I I've personally never been hired by Lindsey Graham. I don't know if I'm his type or not. So like, um, then, but I have lots of friends who have been. And, um, and so if you're an escort and you've worked in New York or excuse me, in DC, then you're aware of Lindsey Graham, just because we all talk to each other and we all like, you know, 
if, if, if there's a particularly bad client, like, I mean, like I'll kind of like warn like some of my friends and I'm like, man, this is not somebody that you want. If you, if you get a call from this number, like don't take it or whatever. So, yeah. we, yeah. we, you know, we, we, we talk amongst each other, but it's like, there's with Lindsey Graham. I mean, it's just, if you look at his like Wikipedia article, like never married, like, like, you know, I've done it. Like, no romantic relation, no romantic entanglements. And so it's confirmed it's, bachelor. You know, that's yeah. always one they used. So, I mean, you know, and, and so, it's, and I was so bummed when it sort of seemed to fizzle, but I'm still getting contacted by reporters to this day about it. And I don't, like, I have nothing to offer other than the fact that I know I, it's my word basically that I'm offering, like that my mm-hmm. friends have been hired by him. I have nothing else to offer. So I'm there, just like you said, there are reporters that are still hunting for this story. And I think it's going to happen. Uh, I would hope that it happened before uh, his race. Um, yep. But for like anti LGBT. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing, you know, I'm, and, and I'm not, I'm not for like publicly outing people or anything like that, but the fact that the man is so vile in regard to how he treats or how he talks about, um, or how he's, how he's responded to legislation for, uh, pro LGBT kind of, it's kind of fucked up. It kind of is very fucked up. So like, you know, if anybody deserves to be publicly outed, it's, it's, it's Lindsey Graham. I've heard it referred to as Washington DC's worst kept secret. Yeah, that's like yeah. what I've heard it referred to as. It's, it's he's like he's like the Liberace of Washington D.C. Everybody knows, and they just don't talk about it. And so, yeah. like, and then all of a sudden, you know, Sean brings. You know, I don't even know what you know brought him to to bring it up. But you know, other than the fact that he was probably just saw something that he did and was just like fed up with it. And like, yeah, fed up with the hypocrisy. And so. Um, and then, like, I remember people coming at the escorts and being like, well, how could you do that? Like, how could you sleep with Lindsey Graham? Well, when you're signing an NDA and you walk through the door and, like, all of a sudden, that's who's there, what are you supposed to do? Oh, so you don't, so, wait, you don't know before? Let me ask a question, because this, this came up, and it didn't come up in our interview before, but uh, it's, it's something that I've just recently heard. I listen to a lot of conversations. I'm privy to a lot of conversations with escorts, especially, and... NDA, non-disclosure agreement, uh, they are, like the clients are referred to as NDAs. Oh, I have my first NDA or my second NDA or, you know, that was, you know. So when you have an NDA with a client, you don't know who this person is beforehand or or do you? Well, I guess, so my experience, I've, I stopped escorting when COVID happened. So like I, I and I've escorted on and off my since I was 18. And so in my 10 years of working as an escort, I've seen priests, mayors, you know, whatever, you know, I've seen all kinds of clients. Um, but I've never had to sign an NDA, but based on what I've heard from my friends who have is you communicate via like essentially like you you communicate electronically when you get there, your secret, you know, whoever their security staff is, has you sign an NDA and then you go into the room and that's whoever it is, it's whoever it is. And so like, I've heard of, there was a guy um, that was on, what was that like Netflix show about like the girl that was like, had her like teeth wired shut. And then like when she like, when she lost all this weight and got really hot. And then um, it was, I was like, not, not, I'm trying to remember. It was like a beauty queen show. Like she was like, she was a sitcom about that. But um, I have a friend of mine who told me, he's like, 
can't tell you who, but I, somebody from that show, I had to sign an NDA to be with them. And then I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. Well, there's like, I mean, there's not like a ton of, there's not a whole lot of options since it's a mostly female cast. So yeah, so you don't know who it is before you walk in the door. And then when you get there, it's like you're faced with the split second fight or flight. Like, okay, do you stay here and fuck this person that is Lindsey Graham? <laughs> or do you like walk out of the person? So like, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's a job. So yeah, I think most of, most of us look at it as a job and something that we're trying to be professional at. And so yeah. you suck it up and do it. Yeah. Um, so that's that. I have to, once again, like, you don't understand. Like I get before our phone call and everything, I get nervous. Like, cause you're like, you're all over the place. I see you as, you know, you're Ryan when we talk and stuff, but it's still like, you know, I know how many people you influence and how many people you impact with your videos and stuff. So that's really, really cool. And when I text you and I'm like, you know, I'm so sorry to do this. I was, and it, it partially, you know, the audio is clear enough for them to hear, but my voice is a little softer. So that's what I want to make sure people are listening to your question, like the questions that I ask and how you answer them. Uh, so that was my biggest thing. And I really didn't want to redo it again, but I'm glad that you did. I'm so grateful that you did. You know, again, if I had to, like, it's like, <laughs> absolutely I mean, appreciate you know, before we go, um, do you want to give us some of your handles and stuff so that, um, people know how to find um, my hunger um, is a point to my dress for pants page. Um, and I have an onlyfans.com slash hunger XXX and, I'm on Model Hub, ManyVids, Xtube, AEBN, RFC. Um, if the website's willing to cut me a check, I'm willing to upload some videos. <laughs> That's the hustle. Good for you. Indiscriminate host. So, um, uh, so yeah. So, um, but mostly tw- Twitter is where you'd find everything. It's twitter.com slash hungerff. And everything's centralized there. All my updates and everything. I update my fan pages twice a week. Every week you get um, two full updates. Um and I've never missed an update in the two years or two or three years I've been doing it. So you have tons of subscribers. You're very insanely popular. So uh, kudos to that. It takes a lot of, lot of work. So hope you guys enjoyed the interview with hunger FF. Uh, I want to thank you very much for listening to the first episode of the season. Uh, we will have, I don't know, give or take 25, 30 episodes for this season as well. If you like what you're listening to, please rate like, and subscribe to any podcast directory that, Uh, you get your podcast from. Um, You can also find us on YouTube. Uh, You can click the like button. You can click the subscribe button. You can click the bell notification. And um, we're also on Pornhub now. I started putting the podcast on Pornhub. And the reason for that is I kind of want to make different videos with examples of what we're talking about with certain models and stuff if I've worked with them. Um, so it gives me leeway to do stuff that I can't do on YouTube. Uh, and we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, all that fun stuff. So, you know, uh, if you Google demystifying gay porn and IK Grande, it'll come up. Uh, once again, you've been listening to demystifying gay porn. My name is IK Grande. And if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped you get off. Cheers. <laughs>